Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Today on We Do Recover, we have some special guests from you. They are from USARA. We're talking about Ben. What's up? How are you? How are you this morning, Ben? Uh, a little tired, but you know the coffee's kicking in, so I'm getting there. There you go, waking up, getting going. And Marcy, how are you doing this morning, Marcy? Doing good. Are you Glad so nervous? You're about to puke yet? I'm almost there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just trying uh, to remember to breathe. Love these breathe. guys. So breathe. grateful that they came on. So let's check in with our regular characters on the show. We got the Doc Terry Sellers. Skyping in, skyping in this morning. Glad you could make it, brother. And yeah. Sean Denovan, our producer. I made it back. Woo-hoo. He made it back safely. So, what? wait did the did the did the motorcycle break down? Um, you're starting new technic- goods already. Yeah, you're, you? you're jumping ahead, man. Yeah. Sorry. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, so episode 42, if I don't get this out, I'll forget sellers. You know, this episode 42 part one is brought to you by steps recovery center where addiction ends and healing begins. If you or a loved one need help, give them a call 801-800-8142. And even if they are not a good fit for you, they will find you a place to get some recovery, get your loved one help or even yourself some help. Mm-hmm. Great people. Yeah. Good people over there. We love our sponsorship mm-hmm. steps recovery yes. center. All right, sellers, start us off with your new and good. Fire away. I got nothing. Got nothing. Did the, uh, I need to know if the motorcycle broke down, because that's my new and good. If it did, it just makes my whole week better. <laughs> Johnny, wow. pass the ball. It's in wow. your court now. 1,300 miles, no problems. In your what? face. Ooh. Jeez. Nice. That's an 85 Suzuki. Thank you very much. Ooh. That's almost a miracle. And <laughs> hey, hey, these miracles happen all the time for me. So you just, you know, be walking on water over here. 80, Is it ice? 85. It's an 85 Suzuki and 2017 bailing wire. <laughs> Cannot disagree. Uh, <laughs> I like that you've got it going, though. Like the fact that it's still running is a miracle. Yeah, so we went up, cool. went up to Vernal and back, and we did a uh, charity run, raised uh, 2500 bucks for one of the local uh, charities up there. So nice. it was a fun cool. weekend. Yeah, and it had a, a purpose behind it. Good job. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And it was hot. We came back on Sunday through Mexican Hat and Moab Ooh. and Lake Pal. 100 and, 100 and hot. Yeah, we'll say that. <laughs> 100 and hot. 100 and hot. <laughs> All right, sellers, why don't you get new goods from the rest of them, from, from Marcy and Ben? Soon we won't be able to call it Mexican Hat, by the way. Yeah. Since, since we can't call it Dixie State, it can't be Mexican Hat very much longer either. It'll just be Hat. <laughs> um, uh, uh, hey, Sean's decided not to respond. Uh huh. Sean's decided not to respond to that comment. I don't blame him. <laughs> I get myself in trouble. He's smarter than me. Uh, well, let's start. Let's start with Ben. Ben, we always do new and goods on here. What's new and good in your world this week? This week, um, well, last weekend I just uh, went to Austin, Texas, and so that was um, fun until the humidity hit when I walked off the airplane. So that was. New, I wouldn't say good. <laughs> is so, that your first time in Austin? Yeah, it was my first time in Texas. It was really cool. I've never uh, been to Texas before. Yeah, that's a cool town, Austin. Yeah, um, like I don't know, a lot of people are moving there and stuff, but uh, it's a lot smaller than I thought for like a big city. You know, it's like really only like five or ten blocks, and then like a lot of outskirts and stuff. But what really amazed me was all the trees there. Like, cause I picture texas like desert tumbleweeds cactus yeah. and everything but oh, like so many trees just everywhere it was insane to me i'm like is this texas are you sure because this is not what i picture in my mind when i think of texas <laughs> uh you're you had an old western movie rolling through yeah, your, yeah, the yeah, narration you, uh-huh. <laughs> you know john wayne with the cowboy boots rolling <laughs> through town <laughs> i love it i love it good that's a great oh, that's cool. uh okay marcy is it marcy Yes. Did I get that right? Okay. You did. Marcy, what's new and good uh, in your world? New and good in my world. I don't haven't had a very exciting life recently. Um, <laughs> I guess new and good would be that we have done a remodel on our house, and so that is new, and it's That's good. Yes. Um, How is that not exciting, Marcy? It, it, I mean, it's exciting, but it's been going on. <laughs> We've done all the work ourselves, so it's been going on for three oh, months wow. now. 
So yeah, a little bit of painting left to do and it'll be all done. So nice. super exciting. We've got all new flooring and opened up the kitchen area. So it's been really, it's been an adventure because all the work was done by us. The and flooring was fun. It'll be new and good when it's finished, mm -hmm. yes. right? Like yes. right now it's a labor of love. <laughs> So I don't know so about love, but it is labor. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Labor. I stand corrected, sir. Yes. Very laborious. <laughs> I don't even understand that word, but Sean could look it up. I'm sure. Laborious. Just kidding. Just kidding. Hey, Jared. I don't know if it's an actual word. So there's that. Oh, it is. It's a word. <laughs> you just made it up, but it's a word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Jared, drink some uh, water, and then tell me what's new and good in your world. Oh man. So the closing of this house has been uh, new and good and frustrating. Who knew that the underwriter would need some kind of additional document every day? You know what I mean? Like I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to purchase a house today, seven years into my recovery, right? That's a reborn dream. That's huge. Yeah. We do recover guys. Mm -hmm. We really do. You know, but yep. the underwriter, you know, it was a constant, uh, Hey, we're going to need one more document. This is the last one we promise next day. Hey, about that. We're going to need one more document. So that's, that's my new and good, but Hey, today we're supposed to sign papers, move in tomorrow. Ooh, excitement. Where is it? It's, hey, it's just downtown. It's not too far from here, actually. Oh, nice. Nice. Very nice. The underwriter just called me and said, you're not signing today. He said they need one more document. Don't let Mandy find that out, boy. She's, <laughs> I thought, you know, I got frustrated. This girl, she's a, she's a little sweetheart, but she's got some spice in her. Yeah. <laughs> We're excited. We're grateful. I like it. I'm not excited it. for the 110, you know, degree heat though. Anyways. Yeah. Well, you chose St. George. You get that in the summer. Sorry. Yes, this is true. This is true. You get some beautiful winners out of the deal, but you got that in the summer. All right. Speaking of St. George. Yes, sir. Marcy and Ben are here with USARA in St. George. Yes. And we're going to get to USARA and all the amazing things that USARA does. But I'm, I'm big on familiarity, right, and, mm -hmm. and be able to connect with people. So tell us a little bit about you. And, you know, just kind of, you don't got to give us the whole bio, but just give us a brief little synopsis of who you guys are and how you got involved with USARA and what your vision is maybe in the next 10 years. So basically an elevator speech. Yes. Marcy, mm -hmm. let's have you start. Yeah, take it uh, away, Marcy. Marcy it, it's a 74-story building, so <laughs> we can talk for a few minutes for sure. So I'm, I'm like I said, I'm Marcy. I'm a woman in long-term recovery, and for me that means that I haven't needed to use a drink or a drug since May 4th of 2002. So nice. My recovery has been nice my recovery has been a process. Um, very grateful that I got to find recovery, and since I've been in recovery, um, I worked in treatment most of the time. Um, I spent a lot of years doing groups, drug court, um, different different um, modalities of treatment, and very blessed to have been able to walk that path. And then back in 2015, I opened my own outpatient facility, wow. which was really cool. Um, and it went really good for about three years, but that was about it for me. <laughs> it was a lot of work. Um, and so I closed that down and was pretty burned out on treatment. I thought, I just don't want to do this anymore. This is not what I pictured my recovery being. Mm. And um, Mary Jo McMillan, our executive director, approached me and said, hey, I want you to open a center have you saw in St. George? And I was oh. like, eh, nah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Just done with the treatment recovery <laughs> world. Um, but she kept asking and I agreed. And so that's where it started. And what I got, what I came to find was that I really enjoy this side of the recovery world. It's like more of a support. So I get to be more supportive. Um, so something about it really re rejuvenated those juices that you originally started off with when you wanted to work in recovery and treatment and substance use disorder. Yes, for sure. Awesome. For sure. So now I just, I get to support people, advocate for people, um, build a recovery community that is all inclusive. So I just, I just really enjoy what I do now. Um, and I'm hoping to continue it for a while. That's awesome. Build relationships, connect with people, 
form partnerships. And Marcy, I, you're pretty good at it. I don't Thank know if you, you knew that, but yeah, you do a pretty amazing <laughs> job. So I'm well, a fan. Thanks. Namaste. Thanks, Jared. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, Ben. Um, well, do I start in the beginning or the end and work our way back? <laughs> However you want to go, man. There's no, there's no wrong direction. Uh, so how I got involved with you, Sarah, was very similar to Marcy. Um, so I, so I got into recovery, um, what was it? It was 2014. Um, so, you know, I did the whole gambit of, you know, treatment, treatment, detox, treatment, treatment, you know, sober living, all that, you know, it was a struggle for a while. And, you know, towards the end of 2014, I was really struggling, you know, in my addiction and, but I was just so tired and done, but I just didn't know how to stop. And so, uh, I finally accepted some help, um, you know, push from, Law enforcement helped. That uh, yeah, nudge from the judge, right? That always helps. Yeah, For sure. Kept me out of jail, so you know, <laughs> went, figure I'd go to treatment. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, so through that process, uh, I graduated my outpatient treatment, and I just kept coming back. You know, they said that we were welcome to continue going to groups after we graduate, and uh, I hit a really hard time in my life where uh, one of my best friends overdosed and died, and I didn't know how to handle that, so I went back to the one place I felt safe, which was my outpatient treatment center. Mm. And so I just kept going back, and eventually they offered me a job. Wow, that's mm -hmm. amazing. Right, and it was really awesome, and I loved working there. You know, I got to work with all the people that you know personally helped me recover, and so, and then I was able to pass that all along to new people that came in. And you know, obviously, I had my own uh, recovery outside of work, but you know, that was huge for me. And you know, part of that job, they uh, paid for me to go get my CPSS. Um, but after a while, like Marcy, I just got kind of jaded and burnt out and was kind of over it. Um, ended up moving to Oregon for about a year. Um, when I came back, I gave it a go again for a couple months and it just wasn't for me. And so I just went back to painting houses and like I make more money when the day ends, I don't take any of it home. Like I just go paint houses, that's it. I get my 40, 50 hours a week, they pay me and I'm done. Like, I don't have to worry about it after that. And I can go to, you know, my meetings and do my recovery there. Um, about six, seven months after I came back from Oregon, Marcy called me. Nice. <laughs> nice. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of similar to her story where like, I was just done, burned out. And Marcy gave me a call and was like, Hey, we, we want to interview you. I was like, Marcy, <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm so done with treatment. She's like, well, it's recovery, but it's not treatment. Mm -hmm. I was like, I still didn't want to go, but I had a lot of respect for Marcy and her husband, Ken, because um, Ken was actually the intake nurse at the detox that I went to where I finally, you know, got into recovery and it, where it stuck. And so like, he was the one that first gave me that hope. And so when they opened up their, uh, their outpatient, you know, I had a lot of interaction with them and uh, that's where I met Marcy. And so I had a lot of respect and love for them and what they did for me. And so just purely out of that respect of like, all right, Marcy, I'll come and talk to you. And after that though, and she just explained to me what USARA was about and what the things they were hoping to do and trying to do here. And to me, like, so when you go to the CPSS training, like you get the whole bunch of training. And then when you get into like the actual work and you know, where you end up working, you know, dictates a lot of what that is. And so I, that was a big part of why I got jaded is because, you know, a lot of treatment centers don't u utilize CPSS in the way that they're supposed to be. And so the way she described it is like, that's everything that it should be. That's everything that in my mind that I wanted to do. And so she was offering you something that you went to school exactly for. Right, right. Yeah. And so it was just like, that's right up the alley of why I got involved in the first place with, you know, treatment and working in recovery. And, you know, through the years, I just got kind of jaded when it wasn't, you know, what I had in my mind, you know? Mm -hmm. what, mm -hmm. And so when she described it, it was just like everything that I loved and wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, day to day things get, you know, there's a lot of paperwork and BS you got to put up with to do the job, but 
you know, the way she described it and what they're hoping to do and what we strive to do every day is exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's what you had envisioned while you were going to school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And look, I think Dr. Sellers, I'm going to come back to you on this, but I'm going to give a little take on the burnout, right? Mm -hmm. Like it is it when you work in treatment, it's one thing to have your recovery because it's personal to you and you know Mm -hmm. what works and right. Um, when you're working and trying to help other people, we've talked about the five stages of change, right? And if they're still in pre-contemplation or contemplation and they're not wanting to change, it can burn you out. Absolutely. It can. It's it's emotionally taxing, especially when you create connections with these people because that's a big part of it is rapport, right? Mm-hmm. You build rapport. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, you hear of them getting kicked out or, you know, they get out and fall on their face. And yeah, it's funny. I <clears throat> I talked to my sponsor this week. I got a new sponsor down here and, and just jokingly, I said to him, I said, oh, you know, I won't bug you too much. I'm low maintenance. And he laughed and he said, your disease isn't low maintenance, mm, right? Yeah, and and that's just, true. it's an eye opener. It really, it really it is. What's your take on that, Dr. Sellers? You ever felt a little burned out working in the industry? Yeah, sure. Um, it, it happens a lot. I mean, it happens to me. Um, and it's not even the, it's not even the people that are just in pre-contemplation stage. Like this disease, if you look at recovery numbers of people that, sort of get and maintain long-term recovery, they're not incredibly high. And that's one of the wraps on treatment is people say, well, treatment doesn't work. Well, if you compare it to the numbers of people that get clean and sober just on their own, it's they're way higher. So treatment does work. It just doesn't work for everybody. And when you, when you're sort of putting forth your best effort and other people aren't getting it, the, the work can be frustrating sometimes and it's, and it's discouraging sometimes. And if you don't really take care of yourself, you're going to get burned out pretty easily. It's easy to do. For sure. I feel like that people who work in the industry are extremely caring people, super compassionate, and you put your heart on your sleeve for these people. And a lot of them just aren't ready yet. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what Ben touched on, Peer support specialist is what mm-hmm. you got, right? Yeah. I, I think a lot of, he, he touched on something that I think is important. A lot of times the actual organization itself needs to know how to utilize its people. Like it's great that you get that cert- certification, but if you don't use them in a way that they can fully use that certification, if you're just basically having them do tech work or case management, that's not exactly their passion, right? They went to school specifically for that. Right. I know it, like at steps, I, I got to boast about steps cause mm-hmm. I worked there. Um, a lot of times for like seeking safety in some of the programs that doesn't require credentials, mm-hmm. we have our peer support people run that. And oftentimes I'll sit in there and catch up on my notes while they're the ones running the group and I love it and they do a fantastic job of it. So it's a kind of a combination of everything. Right. It really is. I mean, and it's fairly new idea and certification in the world of treatment. I mean, it's been around for a little while, but like it's fairly new. And so not a whole lot of people even know what it is. Yeah. 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 Great point. Well, cool. This has been fun so far. However, I am, I'm sitting here just exploding with excitement to talk about, we've talked about both of you found a new passion in this mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. USARA. And I know one of the things that they talk about is that you support all pathways that lead to recovery. Talk to me a little bit about that. Go, Go for all it, pathways Marcy. to recovery. What, what, how about this? Marcy, why don't you give me your take on that? And then we'll get Ben's take on that. That's a really good idea, Jared. Thanks. All pathways to recovery is just what it sounds like. You know, when we work with anybody, we meet them where they're at and help them to discover and define recovery for them so that it can lead to sustained recovery. Um, We offer multiple different support groups. So we we don't um, subscribe to any one path. So it's not just AA or NA. Um, We do support those pathways to recovery, but we also support like a Buddhist philosophy to recovery. Um, we have, yes, that's with Dharma recovery. Um, there's also a course in miracles, um, support group that we have, um, an offer to people, which is very popular. That's a Marianne Williamson path. I don't know if, if you guys know about that, but we also do meetings that are, um, like coffee and recovery where it's, um, just in a meeting where people are empowered by reading inspirational cards, talking about their recovery, you know, everything just recovery oriented. There's many different um, secular, non-secular paths. So there's so many different ways. Like my, the way I got 
into recovery is not going to work for you specifically. You know, it's not like a one it would size be fits cool all. If it was like cookie cutter and we could all just do the exact same thing and we'd have all these people in recovery, but it's just different for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So really, really honoring that for each individual person. I love it. Ben, what does that mean to you? Uh, all pathways to recovery. What that means to me is whatever works. Right. And like what Marcy was touching on, you know, she touched on, you know, a lot of the meetings that we offer here locally. Um, but also it's like, it doesn't have to be defined mm -hmm. or, you know, just put in a box of just like meetings or just treatment or just, you know, probation or law enforcement involvement. Like there's many people that can kind of figure it out on their own. Like I'm not one of them, but like I have to honor that because that's a pathway is they were able to do it themselves. And it's not necessarily what I believe for like myself. Um, and it, you know, the all pathways thing kind of challenged what I thought recovery was, you know, cause I came up in a 12 step type of fashion and then, you know, that's what works for my recovery. But like Marcy said, like that doesn't work for everyone. And, you know, like, I don't know, we all have different paths and different lives and different journeys and different stories. And so like to just say that, you know, recovery, is just here, like just totally negates all the other stories that are outside of that box. Yeah, absolutely. It's taking kind of the objectiveness of your own experience out of it. Mm -hmm. And a, a, I'm going to come back and get Seller's take on this. But one thing that I, when I talk to families, because that's mainly what I do for steps, is I, I tell them <laughs> one day when I get a PhD, Seller's, I'm going to write a book on this. A lot of times people don't realize it, but one thing that walks hand in hand with substance use disorder is ODD, oppositional defiance disorder, right? So somebody says, hey, you need to do this. Guess what? My middle finger goes up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're yep. not going to tell me what to do. In fact, I'm going to do the opposite of what you told me because oppositional defiance sets in. Just because yep. you said that, I'm going to do the exact opposite. Yeah. And so I love that it's... It, I've never experienced that. You've never been like that? Never, never. ever in your life. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking you about. You couldn't be doing it right now, right? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marcy, you're so much fun. So, so I love that because honestly, it's like, that's one thing when I sit down for individuals, I say to people, what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? Mm -hmm. how, and how can I help you? You know, and then I often remind them when they say, do I have to do this assignment? Have to. You don't have to do anything, mm -hmm. right? It, it's your recovery. Like we got to give them that... Uh, self-efficacy of you can do this. I'm just here to support you. Mm -hmm. And I think right. that that's a beautiful thing that Usara really kind of bases it off of. We're not going to tell you what to do. What, what do you want to do? Right. And that's really, I think the core of what we do and offer is just, what do you want to do? Like, how do you want to recover? You know, you don't know, well, here's some ideas, here's some suggestions, here's some, you know, meetings, here's some treatment centers, you know, but it's not like you have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Right. Right. Dr. Sellers. Penny, for your thoughts. Uh, well, I'll, I require five cents for my thoughts. Because <laughs> I think I can stir <laughs> I'm up I'm kidding. Nail. I hope you know. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. I think that uh, the USARA in that way. So um, I don't know if anybody knows this, but Mary Jo McMillan got me clean and sober. She was my therapist when I went to A&D psychotherapy. So I know Mary Jo quite well. Thanks for showing me this shut up timer right there, Sean. I didn't know where we were. Um, uh, but I think we see this. What, you, what you're seeing out of you, Sarah, is what we're not seeing out of treatment centers sometimes. And I think that's a great service. And that is a lot of times out of treatment centers you see, hey, this is the way. This is one. This is the way. This is the way you got to do it. And um, USARA comes in and fills that gap. And I, I think a lot of treatment centers try to expose you to all paths, but, a but basically it comes down to a lot of treatment centers are saying, here's the way to do it. And this is the only way to do it. And, uh, in that way, yeah, you're going to shut off a lot of people because they, that doesn't work for them sometimes. Right. Well, and I think treatment centers also, because of the volume of people that they have coming through, they would like to honor all pathways. And yet if you're, you've got 20 people in your center and each one is looking at a different way, it becomes really difficult um, right. to navigate all those pathways where if you just have one curriculum, you just need everybody to work that curriculum because it's the, it's the easier thing to do. 
Yeah. And in my experience working in a few different treatment centers, I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't want to make enemies out of the treatment centers because like Dr. Seller said, I think that they do a fantastic service and they, and even if, you know, they don't get, go out and get, you know, stay in recovery right off the bat, it plants seeds, right? Yes. All right. Well, this has been fun. In part two, we're going to get back to this and we're going to talk about some cool things that USARA has coming up. So stay tuned after this little 30 second mention from our sponsor. Thank you, you guys. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. I'm Desmond Lomax, one of the clinical executives here at Steps Recovery, and once you become the Steps family, you're just a part of the Steps family. A lot of us have overcome substances, overcome addiction, and now we're able to help other people. Second of all, we're also going to help you in a way where you can afford to be helped. Third of all, we're going to give you the same quality that many organizations are charging two to three times, and it's more about you than it is about our organization. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. And we're back. Thank you for sticking with us for this. Episode 42 has been awesome so far. We got Marcy and Ben from USARA down here in Southern Utah excited to get back to them and kind of learn the different things that that they're doing here in the near future so before that though sponsorship mention episode 42 part two is brought to you by the hilton garden inn it's always sunny and bright at the hilton garden inn if you're traveling through southern utah or you want to plan a getaway do a google search type in hilton garden inn st george utah they have amazing amenities it's always clean fantastic people so, in fact, they just hosted the Swagna conference. I was going to say, yeah, is that the yeah. one with the Swagna? Yeah. Oh, that's right. awesome. And they did a fantastic job. So, it, yeah, love those guys. Can't speak high enough about them. All right. Well, USARA in southern Utah does some cool stuff. I've heard about, what is it called where you take the beanbag? Oh. oh. <laughs> cornhole. Um, that, I, I like the acting, Jared. That was yes, pretty good. Yes, it's cornhole, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. The beanbag in the little hole. I had to get people mm-hmm. a visual. Yeah, right? yeah. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. Like I visualized it. Like that was some good acting, dude. You should do some voiceovers. Uh, I don't know about all that, uh, but but so from what I understand, you guys recently did a cornhole tournament, and it was fantastic. There was a lot of you know uh, ego bouncing around with with some of our clients because they were you know just. Oh man, we're going to take you guys out and just, it was fun, right? Like mm-hmm. I say ego, but I'm teasing, mm-hmm. right? Because they, they were all like. People in recovery don't have egos. That no goes way. away. Absolutely. They're, they're like humble monks. <laughs> um, and so it was super fun to hear everybody kind of getting after each other mm-hmm. and, oh no, we're going to whoop you and all the, of course they didn't use those words, but we keep it clean on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, tell us about that. What was that all about? Uh, so, uh, at USARA, we like to try and do some recovery activities, uh, some way to give back to the community. You know, sometimes we'll do uh, community cleanup, some service a- uh, activities, and then also just having fun in recovery. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, like when I first got into recovery, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know how to have fun. Could I have fun without a beer, without a joint, without a pill, you know? So true. Right? So true. Because that was fun for me for you know x amount of years is like you know how do you celebrate how do you party how do you have fun in life well you drink you take some drugs you know and you feel good it's got to be the only way right i mean that's what i thought (laughs) (laughs) and so we like to you know provide these activities to show that you can have fun in recovery that there is another way that you know you don't have to have a beer or joint to you know go and play a silly lawn game which is essentially what cornhole is i mean you're just tossing a bag into a hole like who cares, you know, but it's fun, It is a blast. you know, you trash talk, you know, you get up in points, you get down in points, you're trash talking, you're, that ego's going, but you know, you're just, it's really about the fun, about the connection and recovery, because while you're doing that, you know, while you're trash talking to your opponent or hyping up your teammate, you know, you're building those connections. You're like, you know, 
yeah, that guy had some good zingers for me out there, you know, when I missed that last toss. So, you know, yep, you know, yep. maybe I like him or maybe he's my enemy, but actually it's just, it's really about that connection of having fun in recovery and building a life in recovery. Right. And, to, and to have a, to, for a great, I just got to do some name dropping mm-hmm. here real quick, but it really does. It builds relationships and it solidifies relationships and connections. So, uh, Tyrone Hafen. <laughs> Yes, yes, mm-hmm. with uh, Lit on Life, at, he, that's his sober brand, and um, Ty Empey, mm-hmm. who, who works at Hope Rising, Hope Rising Detox, yep, yep. they're a pair, mm-hmm. and they literally went and bought like this <laughs> WWE belt, right, that they, they were like the, the Cornwall uh-huh. champs right. for a minute. Because mm-hmm. we did this a few years ago, like the year before COVID happened, and they ended up winning the tournament, and so like they were champions and then they held another one themselves and i think they declared themselves champions so whatever (laughs) even if they didn't win they're like we got the belt but that's the kind of cool fun stuff we're talking about right just just being a little having a little bit of fun and yeah just not afraid to be silly Mm -hmm. right right sorry even if you it's okay i was just gonna say even if you don't want to play cornhole it's just a great opportunity for social interaction which is something that when i got into early recovery i I didn't really know how to socialize anymore without that, without that alcohol or the drugs. Like I didn't, I wasn't sure how to even be social. So it provides an opportunity for that. Yeah, absolutely. A big part of, you know, biopsychosocial, right? Mm. We're talking about the social piece to it. So sellers, when are, when are you going to come down? When are we going to be cornhole champs? I'm ready to buy a belt. We would, (laughs) we would still talk champions team. That's right. Heck yeah. Challenge thrown out. July 8th. Yeah, you tell Ty Empey we'd kill his team. What? What? Uh, hey, can I throw in a scientific point of view real quick, though? Yes, yeah, go for it. So this is the thing, right? This is the whole deal. We start taking these drugs and alcohol, and drugs and alcohol release gigantic amounts of dopamine in our midbrains, and so then you, um, so you use drugs and alcohol, and then you go to something that you used to enjoy, like so you go to a concert, right? You go to a rock and roll concert or whatever your kind of music might happen to be. Um, mine's rock and roll because I'm old. Not uh, Mine's not hip-hop much. but um, <laughs> So now you've got this massive amount of dopamine in your, in your brain floating around, and you're at a concert, and it's the greatest thing ever, right? So then people get clean and sober, and they don't have the massive amount of dopamine flowing around in their brain because nothing releases more dopamine than drugs and alcohol. So you go to a concert and people think, well, I can't have fun at a concert without the drugs and the alcohol. And the truth is the concert itself releases dopamine in your midbrain. It's just it doesn't release as much as cocaine or or meth or right. opiates or heroin or alcohol. You know, whatever you, what, yeah, right. Whatever your drug of choice is, your drug of choice releases more dopamine in your midbrain than the concert does. So people think, well, I can't have fun. Well, it turns out the concerts are fun. Right. You can go to a concert and release dopamine in your midbrain. What you can't do is release the massive amounts that drugs and alcohol bring. The problem is our brains weren't designed to re- to handle that much dopamine anyway, and we lose you know we lose everything that be that was our lives to drugs and alcohol because you you're chasing that amount of dopamine now the rest of your life and you can't get it. So we in recovery have got to figure out, and this is what I'm seeing you, Sarah, do, is we got to figure out ways to release dopamine in our midbrain that are healthy and that are fun, and but that but that release dopamine because without that we have no fun in life at all, and life life is meant to be fairly fun most of the time. So I, I applaud you, Sarah, for trying to get people to do those sorts of things because I think that's the only way people stay clean and sober is if they can find some dopamine somewhere in their lives. Isn't it so cool that we have a, a board-certified addictionologist on this podcast? Like, I'm going to go off on a tangent here for a sec, okay, because I'm pretty passionate about this. Like, anybody can make a podcast about recovery because we all have experience mm-hmm. walking through it. However, the one thing that I really love about what we're trying to create here is we set ourselves apart. I work as a SUDC. You are a SUDC, right? Mm-hmm. Peer support specialist, mm-hmm. still going to school. Dr. Sellers, board-certified addictionologist. Like, our message has credentials behind it. Right. And so sometimes I think that uh, it's awesome to, to share the message. However, I love that we have professionals on this podcast sharing the message. And to piggyback off of what Dr. Seller said, a lot of times he's talking about those pathways in the brain. 
And the way that this has been described to me in, in school and in working with other therapists is, have you ever traveled down a dirt road and there's those big rivets in the road, right? And if you get too close to them, man, they suck you right in and mm-hmm. you're going to bottom out. Well, well, those are the pathway. Those are the paths that have been used the most. And that's what happens when we abuse substances. And yet we got the sagebrush to the right that if you continue to travel that unused path, right, by going out and playing cornhole, mm-hmm. by going to the lake, by going and exposure therapy, right, doing something different, you develop those new pathways and they become just as strong. Hence, you can make it into long-term recovery. Right. Our brain is amazing how it can develop those new neural pathways. Yeah, isn't that so, so cool? In, that is so, so cool. amazing. And shout out to Sellers because I love concerts. And I'll say this, being sober at a concert is so much more fun than being drunk because I actually remember. <laughs> like, right. actually remember it. Mm-hmm, not stuck in the bar line all night and blacking out and forgetting everything. Yep, yep. Hey, the concert itself releases dopamine. It's just that it's so... It's it's a lot, but it's so minuscule in when you compare it to the amount of dopamine released by meth. And so, right, going to a concert on meth doesn't. It's really not that much more fun than just sitting at home in your closet on meth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really true. isn't. And so, how uh, how fun is it when you're paranoid every thirty seconds? Like, oh, that's mm-hmm. a DE agent. Oh, they know mm-hmm. that I smoked mm-hmm. before I came. Right? Like, right, I can right. just see it. Yep. <laughs> no. No question, but the concert itself releases dopamine, and as long as we're not over flooding our brains with the dopamine released by meth, then we'll enjoy the concert. It's fun. I love concerts. Yeah. They're great, man. Like that. You know. I think the first concert I went to in sobriety is just like, oh yeah, I can have really fun, like a mass amount of fun at this concert, and I don't have to get messed up. Like everyone around me was getting messed up, but I didn't have to, and I was just. They're enjoying the show. Yeah. Yeah. There's a way to do this unloaded. I like it. I like it. All right. So let's reel this thing back in. So, so you, you've done the cornhole. What are some other things that you guys got coming up, uh, that, that you want to let the listeners know? So we do have another cornhole coming up. Um, what, what day was that Marcy? July 8th, July 8th, July 8th. So this, yeah, this one will be pretty similar other than the fact that this one will be to raise fund for uh, the local recovery day here in September. Uh, So that's another thing that we're involved with every year is recovery days, uh, not only here, but statewide. Um, And another thing is, you know, the shirt you're wearing over International Overdose Awareness Day. So we've been uh, putting on one was third year now. Third. Yeah. Fourth year. Fourth year. Fourth year. Fourth yeah. year. Mm-hmm. So uh, we try and host a little celebration of that, an event for uh, the Overdose Awareness Day. And then, you know, the cornhole things. And, you know, we do like park cleanups and stuff like that to just to get people out and active and involved and making those connections in recovery and just, you know, releasing that dopamine, having a good time. And, you know, we try and do those things about once a month, but St. George It's hot. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you know what I noticed? Uh, I I went to the park cleanup, and I'm I if I was a betting man, which I'm not because I like my money. But if I was a betting man, I would bet that there was more people at the cornhole tournament than oh, the day yeah. we did the park cleanup. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking, right? Shocking. However, I hear it. So uh, July eighth. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's going to be at night, so it won't be quite as hot. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Fingers Hopefully. crossed. And I heard Marcy's going to be doing all the cooking. Is that true? <laughs> I heard wow, that Marcy's going to be. Yeah. Marcy's an yeah. amazing cook. I'm excited. Yes, yeah, uh-huh. like a five course meal for mm-hmm. everybody that comes out. Yeah, right. Yeah. This no, but is seriously, a great though. fantasy, Jared. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> the narration of my mind can, can get pretty wild. So, but seriously though, there will be food there. Mm-hmm. And talk there to us be. about that's going to be part of the fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Correct. So. I think we're still kind of ironing out details. However, we will be having food, but there will be a small charge per plate so that we can raise the funds for some of the larger events that we are having over the next few months. That's awesome. Wait, wait, you said there's a small charge per plate. What if I don't eat it off a plate? Can I just eat it off my hands and do it free? (laughs) There'll be a, there'll be a larger charge for. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. 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 A little bit larger. We charge that. Yeah, that's called the caveman, the caveman hand. Yeah, in that caveman double. tax. Yeah, double. caveman tax. <laughs> yep. Okay, so I, I, uh, 
I also want to point out, so I'm on the PAC committee mm -hmm. with USARA, and you guys work with, what school is it? So that's Rocky Vista University Local Medical School here out in Ivins. Which, that's super cool. And sellers, we'd like to get you plugged in with them because they're always looking for, like, people to go talk and, you know, you might have a thing or two you, you could say, but, so... <laughs> Not anything worthwhile, but I've got some stuff I can say. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of the fundraiser that, that we're doing, right? Correct. They have some, uh, is it a van? I, did, I think it, it may be a van. It's a mobile yeah, unit. A, yeah, mm -hmm. mobile unit. Uh, I know they're trying to get some type of harm reduction services down here. Um, I think uh, it would be a mobile unit so they could pass out wound kits, you know, stuff like that to clean wounds and stuff of people that inject drugs or just whoever needs it really in general. Yeah. 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 I like that. And how much money are we trying to raise for people that are listening that maybe want to donate? Is there some place that if they can't make it, I mean, we have listeners from all over the place. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure either. Um, I want to say it's around 1500. Um, and I believe, they are, well, right now we have some stickers at our office that we are selling for them. There will also be stickers available at the event on July 8th. Um, they're $4 a piece. Very, very awesome stickers, but it is an effort to raise some funds for starting some harm reduction services down in this area. And USAR is a 501c3 nonprofit, correct? Correct. We are, yeah. So if people wanted to just donate, where would they go to donate? Um, as far as the for the students, I'm not sure because we're not really connected with them that way. We're just helping them out and supporting them. So if they want to make a donation to us for USARA and our services and our activities, they can go uh, online, I think, to myusara.com. Yes. And there's a donation button there. Um, yeah, we don't have a whole lot of details on the where to donate for the Rocky Vista students. Um, wish we did, but I know they're trying to figure some things out right now too and so it's just like eh. it's a little up yeah. there tda yeah. that's fine exactly if we somebody did want to donate though couldn't they just put in the comment or something rocky mountain vista they we, could we could figure they could, it out or right? the saint george um you know in the comment on the donation link cool cool figure that out speaking of the website one thing uh if you are listening from out of state and oftentimes i work with families who have loved ones that are in treatment that are from out of state and you know i talk about you sarah and they say oh well that's a utah thing you guys have an online presence. You do Zoom. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about that. We have most meeting. We have meetings, I think, offered every day. There's a Zoom meeting. You don't have to, like, um, show your ID to prove you're in Utah, right? Nope, not at all. Um, and, I mean, anybody can attend any of our online meetings. Um, but there are also other recovery community organizations, which are called RCOs, in all different states. So several... Um, different places just like USARA. It's an, they're nonprofits, which are recovery support services is what is offered. Um, very similar idea of what USARA does. So get involved with your local, right? Just do mm -hmm. a, a, what, a, a local mm -hmm. Google, Google search? search? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Local yeah. RCO would be what it was. Local RCO. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get involved. Mm -hmm. What these guys do is amazing. So um, we got about eight minutes here. Uh, talk to me about the naloxone. I, I understand a big thing that you guys do is it's even in the title of your guys' foundation, advocacy. Yes. What does that look like, Ben? Uh, so it looks like a variety of different things. So, I mean, obviously on the state level at our uh, home office in Salt Lake, you know, there's people that work. Well, I don't know about work, but like just uh, try and advocate for specific recovery legislation to get through. Um, you know, it's not like they write it themselves, but they support those bills through. And so one of the big ones that they help support to get passed in Utah was the Naloxone bill and the Good Samaritan law, uh, you know, and so since that law was passed, you know, any bystander can carry Naloxone without a prescription. It's not illegal and things like that. And so, you know, that, that's a big piece of it. Uh, we also, you know, help people advocate for themselves, you know, at the local level, you know, whether that's, you know, just going to court themselves and, you know, advocating to, you know, the, their attorney, the prosecutor, the judge, or heck, it can even be like treatment. You know, I'm not really agreeing with this assignment. I don't see the purpose for it. It's like, okay, so we can work with people to how to advocate for themselves, you know, where it's like, you know, maybe something's like not culturally, you know, appropriate for them. And so it's like, okay, well, you need to tell them that, but, you know, you need to advocate for yourself as well. Yeah, right. yeah. So, so Very much support people in advocating for themselves, whether that looks like just attending a court hearing with them, maybe sitting by their side while they call a family member or a treatment center, um, just really 
helping them learn how to use their voice for that, change in their own life. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I know back when I would go to court dates, it's so intimidating, right? To walk mm -hmm. in, you got the prosecuting attorney, they got this guy that they've told that doesn't cost you anything. And then they bill you $500 later. Anyways, we won't <laughs> go there. Um, but, but it's Ooh. what a sense of resentment. Oh, no, no, mm. none at all. I've let all that stuff go. I have zero resentments today, sellers. But but it is. It's intimidating, right? <laughs> it's right. In, it's intimidating. Sure. And so to be able to have an advocate with you to go in, whether that's, uh, you know, for a possession charge, mm. whether that's DCFS, you know, a court case with DCFS to try to get your kids back. I think that that's amazing because it really is tough to go in there all by yourself and feel like the whole room's against you. Mm -hmm. So even if they don't say anything, just knowing that you have somebody in your corner is huge. Right, exactly. And that's, you know, something that we do, you know, with people, you know, go to court dates with them. Not that, you know, we're going to speak up for them, you know, unless a lot of things are signed and <laughs> things are in place for that. But mostly we just go to support you. Mm -hmm. right. You know, we're just going to walk in and be that friendly face and be in your corner and, you know, just gas you up. Like, you got this. You can do it, man. You you got it. You get through it, you know, talk to your lawyer, you know, he'll have him explain it again. If you don't understand, like ask those questions you know, like be an advocate for yourself, stand up for yourself. That's really what it is. It's just standing up for you. And part of the reason that this kind of stuff actually works is because everybody that works at USAR is somebody who is in recovery themselves. So they share from a place of lived experience, generally helping people go through exactly what they've been through or similar, very similar situations. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Mm -hmm. So let's go, let's rewind this thing back to the naloxone. So Dr. Sellers, what does naloxone do? Uh, so it's a mu opiate blocker. It goes into your brain and blocks the opiate receptors so that if someone happens to use, uh, if someone has, it binds to those receptors with greater affinity than the opiate does. And so if someone has a bunch of opiates on board, and you give them an emergency dose of naloxone, it'll knock those opiates off the receptor and then bind the receptor and block it so that no more opiates can bind to it for the life of the naloxone, which isn't a long half-life, but it's a, it, it, it'll block those for a little while. So someone who's overdosed, it will kick all the opiates off, and you overdose only because opiates bind to receptors, and uh, this will kick them off of those receptors and then... Uh, and, and then block them for some period of time. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's that. That's great knowledge to know. Now, is there, what are forms of naloxone? Uh, so there's a few different kinds. Uh, the most common are the muscle injectable and the nasal ones. Um, there's a variety of different ones at various price points. I mean, there's some that you just literally hit a button and it does it all for you and speaks to you while it's doing it. And those are like $1,500. <laughs> Great. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's some where like it comes, like the muscle injectable comes with, a, you know, a vial and a syringe that you draw up and stick into a large muscle group. Um, there's the nasal one, which is, comes in a bubble package and, you know, you stick a little end up the nostril and hit a button and it gets in that way. And then there's some where you file and then like another nasal component that you have to screw on and get on it. And so I've never really used one of those personally, so I don't know too much about it or seen them, but I know they're out there. So there's a variety of different ones out there, but the most common and the ones we have here in St. George at USARA that we give away to anyone that wants one or needs one for free is the nasal and the IM injectable for the muscles. Which life-saving, right? Mm -hmm. Hence the, the need for that Good Samaritan Act. If I am using with somebody, let's, Ben, can we run a little scenario here without me offending you? Yeah, go ahead. If me and Ben are using opiates and Ben does too much and he overdoses and I have some naloxone, I can hit him with the naloxone. First, you always say. Call 911. Call 911. Administer the naloxone. Wait, how long? Um, it. I think uh, it's recommended like 90 seconds to three minutes for it to work. I mean, I don't know, like in those moments where someone's overdosing, like I'm not really looking at my watch. And so, right. <laughs> you know, I think that's what they recommend, but like, I get it. Like you're not looking at a watch. I mean, it, it could probably be like 30 seconds and you're like, I think it's been three minutes. Let's give him another one. He's not waking up, you know? And so like, which won't hurt him. Right, right. You could literally save their life. Mm -hmm. 
But also that Good Samaritan Act is once I call 911, I don't have to worry about like getting a possession charge or getting in trouble, right? Because that's what protects me from mm-hmm. from that. And and again, the point of or, it being that we don't want people to die. Right. Go ahead, Correct. Or potentially getting sued by someone over practicing medicine without a license. Okay. Yeah, Correct. There you go. Yeah. I don't think about that, but obviously you would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, in every in almost every other case in life, it is illegal for you to inject someone else with something. Mm. Right. I'm not talking about drugs. That's obviously illegal. But if if somebody has some asthma medicine and you give them their asthma medicine, that's actually illegal. So the Good Samaritan Act also helps with that then. Right. Yeah. You can't get that's you cool. can't get sued if something happens to go wrong because you tried to save a guy's life. Right. Right. That's awesome. That's amazing. Well, listen, guys, it's been super fun having you guys on. Is there anything in the last minute that you want to? Take away anything you want to get out. Well, I think go jazz. Heck yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> USARA does um, make we like to make a case for recovery, which is that we celebrate, advocate, support, and empower any all individuals looking for a path to recovery. So let's go over that again. C Cele- is celebrate, celebrate, advocate, advocate, support. Yep. And empower. And empower. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Dr. Sellers, a takeaway in the last 25 seconds here? No, I love you, Sara. They're doing a really, really great service. And uh, if people want to get involved, again, do a Google search and call you, Sara, and get involved. They're doing great stuff. Yes. Yes. Give us a call. We'll answer. Absolutely. Reach out. Reach out. Shout out to Tiffany Nacarado up in, in the Salt, Salt Lake, Lake area. Yeah. yeah. Good friend. Hey, she Tiffany. was on a little while ago. Yep. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from a podcast studio.